Well, hey, everybody. I want to also take a quick word to say thank you, thank you, thank you for our Pastor Appreciation Month in October. It was a tremendous gift to me and to Pastor Bud, who is a little bit under the weather. He regrets he's not able to be here. Uh, He's doing okay, just needed to take it easy this evening. So on behalf of Pastor Bud and myself, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. I love being the pastor of the Neighborhood Church because I love each and every one of you all. To me, it's a tremendous gift to be able to follow Jesus with you and alongside of you. So thank you guys, seriously, from Pastor Bud, Robin, Amy, myself, thank you, thank you guys, we love you. Well, this is normally the part where I say, kids, at this time, we love you, God bless you, you're dismissed, but y'all are going to stick with us for a little bit, is that cool? Is that cool, Emma? You good? Ellie? That is a pastor's kid right there. You've got loads of coloring pages, so have fun, because we're going to share a bit of stories, some little snippets from our life together. We can't comprehensively talk about all that God has done or will do, but it is important, I think, in our faith journey to take a step just to the side for a moment and to reflect back on where we've been. I think in our culture, we're always obsessed with the present or the future, and only when we reflect on the past It's usually in a negative sense. You're hurt, your hang-ups, your habits. But I think it's good to look back at the difficult times as well as the good times and to try to see it not in a negative light, but to dust for God's fingerprints each and every step of the journey. And we'll find that he's been with us then, so we can trust that he can be with us now and that he will be with us in the future. So as we reflect back, it started, as the neighborhood church's story goes, about four years ago, we had come out of a crazy season in the life of this community, formerly called Providence Community Church. We had some wonderful and faithful pastors that were called to move on, and they were called to move on uh, in short um, sequence of each other. And I had been here as an apprentice, kind of an intern person, and started to kind of preach in the interim, and our building got sold, and we had a lot of crazy upheaval in a short amount of time. And so during that season, as the dust was beginning to settle, myself and Pastor Bud began to be in contact with some leaders in a network called Ecclesia. Ecclesia is a relational network of missional churches, and we started to be able to ask around all different kinds of pastors from all different kinds of churches from all over America that had been through similar seasons. And that was a great comfort to us because we realized that this kind of transition is not unique to our story and our situation. And they began to speak encouragement into us and life into us. And before we ever joined the network, four years ago, Pastor Bud and I went to Delaware, so you knew it must have been God, because who goes to Delaware? So we went to Delaware, and sorry, Delaware, we actually had a wonderful time. Sorry to kind of take a shot and throw some shade. We had a wonderful time there. And so what we would do is we would spend the day, kind of, we would start together, and then we would kind of split up. And we would go be with different groups and meet different pastors, and they would share their stories. They would tell us about their communities and their context, all different kinds. And then they would ask us, tell us about your church. Tell us about your journey. And time and time again, in different parts of the room and in different parts of our day, Bud and I were telling similar stories to the same results. We would tell them about the wild year that we had just experienced as God's people together. And then they would kind of reflect back and say, wow, that's that's crazy. God's brought you through a lot. And then we would even talk to them about how even we had some theological shifts over the last couple years. That this church was planted in one theological camp And now we had kind of looked up and realized being this living, breathing organization of God's people that we kind of found ourselves in a different theological camp. What we say in our church is an Anabaptist flavored tradition. 
Now, that's not anti-Baptist. Hello, we're meeting in a Baptist church. That is a theological flavor that seemed to just fit who we had become. So we would tell these stories to pastor after pastor after pastor, and the same thing would be said. Well, why are you guys still called Providence? And they were saying that for two reasons. The first is a theological one, because that word Providence has a connotation in that former theological camp in which this church, in its previous version, was planted. And now they kind of said, that's like a coat or a tie that doesn't really fit you anymore. Why still call yourself providence? The second reason they said that was because you guys have gone through so much. You're in a new city, in a new building, with new people, and a new pastor, and a new vision. I'm not so sure that there's a whole lot in common to hold on to. You can honor the past and thank God for all that he's done, but maybe, I don't know, try on a new coat and tie. So, Bud and I regroup in our hotel room, and we are telling each other, warning each other about how much we snore. And in the middle of that conversation, I said, you know what? I got a crazy idea. And he goes, you want to change our name? And I kind of like paused for a beat, and I was like, what is he going to say? And he goes, I do too. I was like, oh, good. Thank goodness. This is going to be a long week in Delaware if we got to debate this for the next two days. And so we began to look into it and kick the tires and kind of look through some of the documents of the church. And we realized we didn't just want to change our name. We had to change our name. And that's a whole other story for a whole other time. But what we need to understand and take away from that, I think, is a tremendous gift that God gave us to say, hey, I'm doing something new here. Thanks for waking up and recognizing it. And so during that season, there is a passage of scripture that was so impressed upon our hearts. And it's from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. And it's not on the screen, but hear these words, okay? This is Isaiah 43, verse 19. God is speaking to his people who've come out of a difficult season. And he says this, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it's springing up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. When that new thing began bubbling up, it was so evident to all of you, at least two things. Hey, whatever you call us, we're still committed to being God's people together. A lot of people, God bless them, we love them, we still know them and speak to them, God had stirred in their hearts to go and be God's people with some other place, with some other group. And we bless them and we honor them. We can't talk in our church about paying attention to God and responding appropriately unless we honor when people pay attention to God and do things in the right way. So there was this sense that we here were still committed to being God's people together. The second thing is that we believe that there was still a mission yet to be accomplished. And there was still more disciples in need of being made in our neighborhood. So the neighborhood church was born, and so was our renewed vision to follow Jesus together for God's kingdom in our neighborhood. And by the way, We need to thank Jesus and Jason Knight for that name. Shout out Jason Knight. Because my top two before he surprised us with the neighborhood church was Resurrection Community Church, which try to put that in a website. That's a lot of characters. And then the second one I thought was super cool. Robin, you'll remember this. Icon Church. That was Toby's favorite, but it was... E-I-K-O-N is the Greek word for image or little reflection of something bigger and greater. We're made in God's icon. We're little icons of Jesus. It is so cool, and we were jamming on that word. And then I was at a family gathering, and I had this divine inspiration to write it on a piece of paper, and I slid it to two people in my uh, family that like have not been to church 
in forever, and they don't follow Jesus. And I said, We're, we got to change our name. Long story. You don't want to hear about it. But read this and tell me what you think. And I looked at it and picked it up and just said, are you trying to say icon and just trying to be cute and cool like you Christians do? He goes, dude, that's econ. And I said, okay, we need to go a different direction. <laughs> and thank Jesus and Jason Knight, within days, he said, what about the neighborhood church? And that just hit and landed and was so right, not just for us, but I think our neighbors. But what it did and what it's continuing to do, I think, is to give us something to live up to and live into. When you call yourselves the neighborhood church, you better be a church in the neighborhood and for the neighborhood. And it's something that we are still trying with God's help, in God's timing, and with God's mission to live up to and live into. So tonight we're taking a step to the side to reflect back on where we've been. You're going to hear a little bit from some of the ministries that are vital in these last three years. You're going to hear from a few people, share little stories along the way before I come and close it all up. But before we do that, I want to back up in that Isaiah chapter 43. Because in Isaiah chapter 43, we read, hey, see the new thing? Right before he says that in verse 16, he says this. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. Hey kids, you still with me? Take a break from coloring. What do you think God was talking about? In the story of the Bible, in the Old Testament, where was a time when he made a pathway appear in the sea? You said Moses? Yes. Here's what you need to understand. When God did that with Moses, that was hundreds and hundreds of years before Isaiah. So God is telling a story in Isaiah that says, before you see the new things, do you remember that that was me? Hundreds of years ago for your great, 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 great grandfathers, that was me. And it may just be a reminder for us. Maybe we're not looking back for 300 years, but maybe just three to remind us before the new thing he does in the present, to remind us of the story that God has worked in the past, and find that these aren't just our stories, they're God's stories. God's stories of working faithfully in both our past and our presence. Church, we have seen people trust in Jesus as their Lord and commit to follow him in this church. We have seen people miraculously healed by God's power. Do you understand we have seen miracles in this church? Miracles by anyone's account and definition. We have seen miracles take place. Friends, we have seen people get out of their comfort zones to give and to serve the least, the lost, and the left out. To go where some churches aren't because they're in other places. But God has called us to this place and to be these people that he's making of us. So we celebrate by looking back and we trust him looking forward. Can we trust that God has even more new things in store for us going forward? So without further ado, without looking too much further ahead, can we welcome some of our friends and we'll start with Miss Carla to hear some of the stories that we can celebrate together. So y'all give a hand to Carla. She's going to talk to us. And then we'll have Robin and Jason and Toby and Amy. Thanks, Carla. Thank you. Okay. Well, hi. Um, for those that don't like know me, know me, I have to start saying that um, I've been working with kids since... I was 15, so like five years, not long, no. I've been working with kids for a long time, and I've been in some kind of leadership within the kids' ministry for like 10 years, I think. Um, but I have to say, never have I felt like more empowered to use God's gifts like in the past three years. I feel like being part of the neighborhood church 
and the neighborhood kids uh, have really been like a new experience to me as a leader. Me together with Michelle Stone, we co-direct the preschool department we do. Um, and in the past three years, we had some changes and they've been all like so good. There's been a lot of good feedback about what's going on. One of the things we did is, um, well, I went to a conference together with Ms. Robin and I learned so much and um, I came so excited about the new things and I was like, how about we try doing the same lesson for a whole month? Because you know, you, you see the kids every week and then you say, hey, remember last week? Uh, what did we learn? And they say, Jesus. They'll say Jesus because that's the right answer. And you're like, yes, yes, but what? What about Jesus? Anyway, so I just thought, I mean, they're little and we know. And, but I was like, how can we teach these truths of God and really have them stay with them? So we started this thing where we're teaching the same lesson all month but we do a different format every week. And it's been great. Like, I love telling the kids, so today, and they already know. They're like, yes, yes, the scary sleepover. Who had a scary sleepover? Daniel, yes. He spent the night with some lions. And it's awesome that they know. And we're, gonna, and we're teaching it differently, but they, you know, it stays with them. And that's awesome. So that's one thing that we've done. The other thing that I'm celebrating is that we had our very first um, vacation Bible school. I mean, that was awesome, people. <laughs> because, I mean, I've been part of this community for 15 years. And this, is, this was our very first vacation Bible school. And it was a success. I was a little stressed, a little scared. And, I mean, the kids had, like, so much fun. And, like, every night they were like, I'll see you tomorrow, Miss Carla. Like, they were ready for it. Everybody was uh, the help. I mean, was, like, so willing to do whatever we were asking them. Um, I remember somebody that helped us on the very last night. And I'm like, will you be in a play, please? And that was Miss Amy Sinclair. She was like, Okay. And she did so good. She's like a natural actress. Anyway, so, I, I mean, all of those things had happened just this year. And I think they're worth celebrating. Um, and, I mean, God has done so many things, not only in our kids, but also our volunteers. I feel like I have always stressed about people not volunteering or... Uh, not willing to be there, and I mean, I still do, but uh, I feel like, I don't know, like people have more of a willingness to be there, and I appreciate that so much, and the other thing I want to say is I can't have this microphone without sharing with you that I've been serving in the neighborhood kids ministry is like the best thing you can do for the kingdom of God. We are loving and teaching the future generation of Christians, people. So if you want to make an impact in the kingdom, talk to me, and I'll get you on the rotation. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you for your pitch to help serve. All right, let's welcome Robin to come and share with us. I don't know if I can follow that one. <laughs> well, like she said, in the past year, we've had so much growth. But in the past three years, um, because of the different things we've had um, changing with Pastor Kathy, giving us some or organizational um, skills, and with Michelle and Carla, with changing a lot of the things we've had with our children's ministry, and the love for our um, kids and the church with our teachers, there's so much things that has changed, and it's seen in the kids. There's so many different things that the kids come up and they ask, and it's always seen in during our, um, we have a 
time that we do at center court. It's called our um, prayer time. And during that time, they ask a lot of questions. Some questions are more in depth, but it's always because of the love that they have for Jesus, and it comes from their parents and pastors and their teachers, um, love for Christ. And you can tell that because they ask a lot of questions that are deep. Um, just last week, we had a question about what is baptism? And because we had a youth volunteer that had just been baptized, he was able to explain what that baptism meant to him and how it changed his life and how it meant so many different things to him. And he even explained how he heard Jesus talk to him and where he was at when he heard Jesus talk to him. And you could see them just like in awe listening to him. And just those different things, you can see where God is listening to the children and wanting to help them grow in his love. And it's not something that you get to witness if you're just sitting in the pews. You get to do this when you're a teacher. You get to see their love for God in their eyes and when they're smiling and talking about God. And it's just an awesome thing. So when people ask me, you know, what do you celebrate? It's seeing their smiles and their joy when they talk about how they see God when they're at school. Um, they tell me at prayer time, I see God when I see somebody helping my friend who has a broken leg or when a bully is being mean to somebody and another person goes up and is nice to that person or when they say that a bully was mean to me and I just prayed for them because I know that that's the one thing that makes bullies be nice because they're being mean because somebody is being mean to them or they're broken inside. And it's like, how do they know that they're broken inside? They're only six or seven years old. How do they understand being broken? But it's because we as grown-ups show them love because we love Jesus. And as a church, we love Jesus. And these are the things that I pray for going forward, that we keep our focus on Jesus. And that's one thing that if we do this as parents, as teachers, as pastors, if we keep doing this and we keep our eyes on Jesus, this is how we will be able to always have Jesus first in our lives, have Jesus first in our families, and have Jesus first in our church. So thank you, um, children, for always showing us how to love Jesus. Thank you, Robin. Oh, my voice is going. Good thing I'm not preaching. Let's have Jason come and share with us about our student ministry. Uh, so, as I'm going to talk about the youth group for a second, minute, however long I'm up here. Um, so, as a group of teenagers, we like to count in half years, right? Not full years, like we have 14 and a half year olds. So, I just like to point out that the neighborhood church youth group is actually three and a half years old. Oh. So, we've had four camps so far, four overflows. And I think, how many of y'all been to? Some of y'all been to all of them. Hannah's been to all of them. Angie's been to all of them. Hannah's been to, or, yeah, Macy's been to three. So, um, how we started, uh, you know, we, we kept having these conversations, uh, Adam, Bud, Rebecca, of looking around at some of our young people, who were becoming young adults and not having that opportunity uh, to have a group weekly to lean on, to, to be with, to work through all the thoughts of Jesus, um, to respond together about Jesus. And we knew that was a need 
we didn't, we weren't like kicking, kicking the door down like, hey, we're the youth guys now. Like, like we just, you ever wait around for God to tell you what to do? Like, we were in a long season of God telling us what to do. And a long season of not really doing anything. And we learned a really valuable lesson that sometimes the Lord is waiting for you to step in faithfulness. And then he blesses you. And uh, that's exactly what happened with the youth. Uh, we just started stepping. You know, the, the pastors kept saying over and over and over, you see a need, fill the need. You see something that needs to be done around the church, start doing it. And uh, we called them on that bluff. <laughs> and it wasn't a bluff. They answered it. They, they've been so supportive of us as a group. And uh, it's been incredible. Um, we've had six uh, youth publicly declare their faith in Jesus in baptism. And, uh, you know, we don't, we don't say that as like a report or a numbers thing. It's honestly the joy of our life. Like, it's meant more to Rebecca and I than anything to be a part of that. Um, thank you so much, church, for letting us do that. Um, <clears throat> if I do want to report a number, it's probably the amount of Sour Patch kids these kids go through. No joke, I think we're at 70 pounds. 70 pounds over four years. 70 pounds. During this last, last overflow, we, uh, we put a five-pound bag in each house. And I went to bed the first night. I said, go to bed. Don't eat all the Sour Patch Kids. I got up the next morning. These, these are supposed to last all week. There were three Sour Patch, three individual Sour Patch Kids left. And I was so mad because I wanted some. Um, really, what youth looks like now is sometimes we have lessons. Today, we, we covered three chapters in Genesis, and we talked about crazy things like the bookends of Cain and Noah and of Adam and Jesus and the Mosaic Covenant and all sorts of stuff. Like Some weeks, we play Uno. Some weeks, they just get stuff off their chest. And we pray and talk through it. Um, you know, you can definitely, sometimes you have those lessons and you're like really excited about it. And then you get in and they have, they get, they, they get this look. It's like the standardized, standardized test look. And uh, we're like, okay, it's a, it's a Uno day for sure. And that's it, man. We're, we're a space that, that is always open to whatever's going on in their life. We tell them all the time, we promise, our promise to you is that we're here for you. And that's happened through good times, through bad times, through breakups, whatever, whatever's going on. Uh, if we're not there, we don't know about it. If we know about it, we're there. Um, and these, these guys and gals surprise us all the time with their faith, the questions that they ask are amazing, incredible, thoughtful questions. Um, they blow us away all the time. And to serve with them in our neighborhood is, is amazing. <clears throat> as far as like where we're going, maybe the next three years, this year, um, you know, there's no reason these kids right now can't start being leaders and doing things. They're becoming members of the family of Jesus. They're becoming kingdom members. But we see so much in these kids. They could be leaders right now. I love the story Robin shared. There's, there's no reason we can't have so many stories like that. Also, I want the youth to be a place for the rest of our church to partake. You know, this year we, we had several people come and share their stories about how they met Jesus and walk with Jesus. And that was such a blessing. And I love that people get to work through those in this setting because it becomes that much easier to work through it 
out there. And also, I see a lot of you around, a lot of adults around here that definitely could come in and be a leader in the youth, who could share your examples, who could teach lessons, who could take part in our events. Uh, So if that's ever a thought or an inkling or you feel some sort of pull, don't feel like you're stepping on toes. Like, come and talk to us. We would love for you to take part and do that. Thank you, Jason. Now let's hear from Toby Brooks. Thanks. All right, so right about the time we started becoming the neighborhood church, um, God had really already been doing so many things in the lives of our people to prepare for some of the ministries. And so and we ordained um, the deacons of the neighborhood church right about that same time. Um, and I was in that first round of people. And it became apparent to us as deacons pretty soon in that we were going to do ministry kind of a different way than we had. Um, we prayed a lot about ministry we were thinking about doing long before we started it. Um, we kind of really wanted to step back and see where is God already doing ministry and we could fit in where nobody else is going to do it. Um, a lot of the service we had done in the past, great things. Raising money for wells in Liberia. Okay, great things. All of our really rich people in our church ended up leaving. No offense to all of you, but y'all know what I mean. We were like, that's not something God's calling us to anymore. He's calling those people to keep on giving. Sorry. If this is being recorded, like, sorry. (laughs) But what, I guess what I'm saying is, That wasn't what God was calling us to do, was to raise a whole bunch of money, and that's it. Um, That's great. I really don't want to discount building wells in Liberia. That was a great thing that God did with the people, some of you in here even. Um, We found that God was really pulling us to do things that nobody else was doing. And a lot of that really took place at The Rock. We had already been serving um, at um, The Rock through Rock in Summer We had done a few service projects here and there, and God really kind of took our hearts and just said, we want you, I want you here, and um, nobody's giving these people clothes. They need clothes. And so that was the very, like, the first real big ministry that the deacons took on, Um, and it took a lot of people to make that happen. So I I really want to acknowledge so many people in this room building things, painting that room, replacing the tiles, all of that had to happen in order to even just make the clothes closet a a physical option, Um, getting all the clothes together. And, you know, I hate to be like this, but there were a lot of naysayers outside of our church that said, this is a really tough ministry. Your little group of people cannot do this. It will be overwhelming. You will not be able to keep it up long term. I even heard somebody at my school kind of say that. They're like, in your church, like, only a couple hundred people. I was like, it's a little less than that. But, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) But I was like, we could do anything, you know, because I'd seen God do really cool things with this group of people long before we became the neighborhood church. I mean, it doesn't really, that wasn't a new thing. So I saw God pulling people in who had never worked with homeless people or people in poverty before. Um, So exposure, God exposed a lot of our people to people in need, like through financial need. Uh, That had never done that before. And I think a lot of us might have been okay with just that. Just hands off. Let me go feed these people once a month. We had already been doing Austin Street, a lot of us before this. And God's like, you know, we changed the name. You changed the church. You got a whole new group of deacons. I'm calling you deeper than that. And um, it really was through a lot of prayer that the closed closet became what it is. And it is constantly changing even now, which is something I really want to celebrate. All the little ministries that have taken place inside the closed closet. Um, You know, uh, for me personally, I've always liked service. I've always been a part of the church in some way. But I really thought service, a church service, or even mission for a church... I mistook mission for a thing you go do and walk away. And God goes, nope, we're calling you to mission. That's going to be your way of life. And thankfully, we had pastors and elders and lots of people in our church that really embraced this, even when it got really uncomfortable. 
Um, we've all had really uncomfortable moments at The Rock with Closed Closet and maybe other ministries. It's happened. Um, and that's a good thing. Um, I want you to think just really quick. Um, I want you to think about someone who is in that community that you now consider your friend. Someone you've met at the closed closet, someone you've met at the rock. I want you to think about someone you now consider a friend. I hope all of you had more than one name that popped into your mind. I know it, it did for me. There's a lot of people that have really touched my heart that um, it took a lot of work on God's part to make me open to it. Because I'm a type of person that's really consumed with the things you got to do. The things that have to be done and not necessarily the relationships that have to be made. So I've seen God work in my own life in that way. Um, I remember uh, right about the time we started Closed Closet that next fall, so we'd only been doing it a while, I had a really awful day at school. Won't tell you the details, won't matter. But um, I went to Closed Closet the next day, and... It just, God blessed me so much through that, and I just really want to encourage you guys that, um, you know, to let the working at the clothes closet or whatever we're doing at The Rock really bless you, and that's okay. You don't have to feel guilty if you walk away more blessed than you blessed other people. Just take it, let your cup be filled, and then come back next week or next month and fill it up again or that day. Um, and I've seen this happen with our people. I've seen it happen with almost everybody in this room where your cup was filled more than, and that wasn't even your intention. And so I've seen God do really wonderful things. I've seen God uh, in the deacon group, um, Amy and I, one of our big things, and several of the other deacons agreed, we really prayed every deacon meeting that first year that the people of this church would have a servant's heart. Um, and that serving the people that we would live into our name like Adam was speaking about and that hap- that's happening I mean it I would say it happened but it's still happening we still see people coming into our church into our community I still see people who um, are going through really personal troubles right now and they're leaning into this mission of loving people and um, and really being in relationship with people when it may not be convenient for them Um, And so I think that's awesome. Um, That is the most encouraging thing to me. Um, When I'm having a bad day, when I'm thinking this world is way too overwhelming, I think about that. I think about y'all and how much I've seen you love and serve these people. Um, I've seen a lot of people just go, hey, it'd be great if we had toiletries, Rebecca Knight and, and Jason Knight and everybody with you, and let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. And so many people have been blessed with things like the paper you use in the bathroom. You know what I mean? I'm saying that because that's how they said it, because they don't have toilet paper. They've not used it because they can't afford it. So when you're talking about things like that, everything we do really matters. It may seem like a small thing to us, but it really matters. And I know that God put that in your mind to do that. Like, I know that God was like, we're going to get there. We're going to do this and this. And then he just, he's like, who's open to it? I think the Holy Spirit really works and and says, who's open to do this next thing that I want to do? And I'm really excited to see the next thing, um, whatever it may be. Um, I also see where people have been opening up to relationship with people, knowing it might be a hard relationship. And I would put myself in this category. I tend to like my relationships to be nice and neat, and everybody knows what the deal is. Um, Nothing's left unanswered. Okay, and you can't really do that when you're serving in a ministry and you're meeting new people. You can't do that when two, both parties are coming from completely different backgrounds. It's going to be messy. Um, And so one thing I recently started, and I wasn't sure if I was going to share this. It's not that embarrassing or a big deal, but um, I, y'all know, I'm not really like a touchy person. I don't like to hug. And God put it on my heart, like when you pray for these people, you got to touch them. Um, and so I've been doing that. I've been saying, is it okay for me to put my hand on you? And that may seem like a really kind of funny thing, but it has really transformed that special time. And this is one thing that I love about our time at the closed closet is that 
if people want it or if people are open to it, we're going to pray with them. And we might be the only person in their entire life who's praying for them. They may believe in God. A lot of them do. A lot of the people that we serve there are Christians. Um, A lot of them, though, are not. And I've seen some of them resist prayer. But eventually they go, yeah, my mom's sick. My brother's in prison. Something serious happens to them, and they become open to it. So, what I, I, again, I would encourage you guys to just keep asking people if they're open to prayer and kind of push your own comfort zones. Sorry if this is getting preachy. Um, and I just really want to celebrate these relationships. So several of you, a second ago, when I asked you to think about that person, you know, they came into your mind. I mean, God put that person in your mind. I really want you to think about how often am I thinking about them, praying for them. I really feel like this ministry at The Rock, although it wasn't the first thing we did at The Rock, it was the first time we put relationships ahead of the actual um, physical ministry. And um, although we haven't done everything perfectly, God's really transformed all of us in our church. Um, And now we have the neighborhood table. You know, who would have thought that would ever happen? Yeah, you can clap. (laughs) Who would have thought we would be painting people's nails as part of our clothes closet ministry? Who would have thought we would give out all the coats that we have? So I'm putting in my plug. Children's coats, let's get them now. We know we're going to give them out here really soon. Um, And so we have so much to celebrate in just this one place let alone all the other th- wonderful things God's doing. It's like this could have been the whole time, and I know I've already talked over. Um, but <laughs> um, so I just really want to praise God right now that in our two and a half years of clothes closet, um, he's really formed those relationships. The handing out of clothes was always probably going to happen. Um, but... I've seen God do amazing things, and I'm really excited about what he's going to do with it next. Um, And I know that he will, and I feel like I have such a hope in what he's doing at that place already and has been doing for years. I mean, some of you have served at The Rock for 20 years. Like, I get it. We're just coming into this thing. And so, um, yeah, Amy Kahn is up next. weeks in a row. That's what happens when you tell Adam you want to say something one time, and then he remembers, and then he makes you do it. It's really awesome. No, um, Adam, I had told Adam I wanted to share. um, Mine's going to be more of a personal journey of the last three years. Um, About the same time that um, we turned in the neighborhood church, I had a lot of stuff going on personally. Most of you know, but some of you don't. Um, In the span of like two years, I had five family members and one other really good friend all pass away from cancer. Um, I almost lost another brother who was brain dead, and we saw him come back to life in the ICU. Um, so it was, it was a really tough three years. The last year has been a lot of working through loss and grief and um, change. But one thing that's been consistent is the Lord's faithfulness. I mean, in so many ways. Um, you know, it's not one of those stories where we prayed and they lived. Everyone passed away. Um, and yet, um, God was so faithful through all that. I wouldn't say I celebrated during that time. This last year has been a celebration of what I went through. Um, when we were on the way here, Toby and I were talking, and <laughs> the first two family members that passed away, I was like, well, at least it's not these two people. And then they did. And I was like, I can't handle that. I, that would be my lowest point in my life. And it was, um, one of them being my dad, sorry, that was the toughest loss of the last couple years. Um, But in that, God was so faithful, and we've talked about it tonight, like, there was a peace, um, whether it was in another hospice, um, in another hospital, in another ICU, there was this constant peace, um, why I was sobbing, or why I was crying out, um, that was sometimes subtle, sometimes really soft strong. Um, Sometimes I didn't realize it was there until a little while later, Um, but God was so faithful and so amazing, and really those are the things, like, I want to celebrate and share about um, how the words of the Lord are so true and so accurate, and they really do happen, 
Um, one of the things that helped me a lot, Kathy gave me a Streams in the Desert journal, and it became such a comfort. Um, one of the things I had told Toby we had talked about is, like, every day I tried to, like, read scripture, read in that, or listen to some kind of song. I love music. It always speaks to me. And so part of that was I had to lean in, and in leaning in, I had to do the work. So a lot of days I didn't feel like reading, or I'd wake up really early before heading to Tyler for the day to spend with my brother. And in those times, um, some of the sweetest moments of the Lord speaking through the randomest old words. I don't like poetry, but I loved poetry so much for a time. Um, it just like really comforted my, my soul. And um, in days I didn't think I could go on, um, it just like gave me what I needed to like make it through that day in whatever way. Um, there were tons of little ways, like I'm really like rain, I saw a rainbow in the ICU one day, and my mom and I cried. Um, a lot of you know that story, or like sunsets or sunrises going to and from a hospital. There were all these ways that, like, any normal day you'd be okay, but like it was so powerful. And I was just like, oh my God, the Lord is like with me. We're gonna make it. It's gonna be okay. Um, and one of the things I just think the Holy Spirit was so gracious. Um, some days I was looking for him on where he'd be to help me out. Other days I wasn't really looking, but he just spoke in those ways. Um, that was so powerful, um, which was amazing. Um, another thing that happened, like, <clears throat> I was able to ask the Lord really difficult questions. You know, you read in the Psalms crying out, and you're like, I don't know if I'll ever do that. Is that really right? I always felt very weird, but... Um, we were on the way to the ICU one time, and I'm just like, this, I was cursing, but I was like, is this a joke? Like, this has, this cannot be happening. I cannot take this right now. And it was something that the Lord was like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Even if the person doesn't make it, I'm here. I am with you. I'm upset as well. I'm crying with your family. Toby was in there, and they got in the emergency room, and we're just like, it was just so crazy in so many ways that the Lord was so faithful and so gracious. Um, another way was obviously through the church. <laughs> There'd be times I'd come to service. I didn't want to talk at all. People were so gracious and respectful of me just needing to be here and cry and be with the Lord and community, but not need to do anything. Um, text. I was like telling Toby, I was like, I feel like a broken record. I'd be like, can you pray for this person? This thing happened. Can you pray for this? Everyone here was gracious and loving, and I know prayed so much um, for my family as we went through things. And, I mean, I still had to work, and real life goes on. you got to pay bills and do your normal stuff. Um, it was just amazing. <clears throat> One of the things, like, <clears throat> I just hope for, like, for me and for us as a church sorry, I have dry mouth, is um, leaning into Jesus, like Toby had said, but um, is really leaning into Jesus in the hard times and doing that work that it takes to lean into Jesus. It's not very, it's not passive all the time. It's, you've really got to do some stuff. You've got to open yourself up, whether that's reading a devotional that really connects with you, reading scripture, listening to music, being with certain people, whatever it's going to do, do that. Um, look for him in the little things. See where he's faithful, where he's speaking to you, where he's comforting you. Um, and then something I learned a lot about is reaching out. I never really like to reach out, tell people what's going on in the past, tell people when I needed something, be needy in those ways. And I had to reach out. Nobody would know what was going on with me if I didn't tell them. So I would just say, if anything's going on, reach out to people here so people can encourage you. If people, if you don't share, no one knows what you're going through and they don't know how to comfort you and be there for you or support you. Um, but yeah, I mean, the three years have been amazing being TNC and changing and um, I'm part of a group of people we've been around this church for like 15 years. So we saw a lot of changes, but this is definitely like a newer place for me. Um, being in this church, um, like realizing God's faithfulness and how true it is um, and being um, always directed to lean into Jesus that if I didn't have that relationship, no one could do that for me. I had to really do it. And um, yeah, I just appreciate all of you. I thank you for all the support. 
And um, I'm really excited about what's going to happen for our church as people grow, go through things and change and transform. Um, it's hard, but you are different on the other side. So, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Amy and Toby and Jason and Robin and Carla. Let's close off this time. And we thank you so much for sharing what Jesus and this church has meant to you. I'll leave you with this question. When was the last time you shared with someone what Jesus means to you? When was the last time you shared with someone what this church means to you? Perhaps you'll have an opportunity this week. Let's have a word of prayer, and I'll ask those that are serving communion to come and prepare the table, our family meal as we celebrate. Father, we are so grateful for your story, for your mission, and how you have invited us to participate, to join you in this neighborhood where you are already at work, with Freeman Heights, with those serving at The Rock, with those in and amongst our places where we live and work. For in all of these places, in you, we live and move and have our being. So would you continue to show us the ways that you're at work so that we might join you as we follow Jesus together for your kingdom in this neighborhood. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we pray, amen. Good Shepherd, teach us to follow you to care for all that are close to us, to protect those who are threatened, to welcome those who are rejected, to forgive those who are burdened by guilt, to heal those who are broken and sick, to share with those who have little or nothing, to take the time to really know one another and love as you have loved us. Good Shepherd, teach us to follow you, to spread compassion to those who are far away, to speak for those who are voiceless, to defend those who are oppressed and abused, to work for justice for those who are exploited, to make peace for those who suffer violence, to take the time to recognize our connectedness and to love as you have loved us, now and each step we take as God's people together. Go in peace.